business leaders. Listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. Wow, we're finally here. I, I've been preparing for months to launch Impact Talk Radio, but i got to tell you, I'm realizing nothing can compare you for sitting by yourself and speaking into a microphone. I mean, I've spoken to business people in full auditoriums and theaters, hundreds of eyes on me, and I'll tell you, this is a totally different type of nervous. But, you know, I'm really thankful that I have leadership guru Rob Nielsen joining me today to discuss the fact that culture is a leader's job. So if you're an entrepreneur, a small business owner, a middle manager, a sales manager, a frontline leader, and you want solutions to how to help you build a culture, Rob is going to be here to help us out. In this show, we're going to give you real solutions, real impact solutions. So, you know, the question some people ask is, why am I doing a radio show at all if, uh, instead of continuing with the live talks that I do? I got one word for you. It's called impact. See, the more live talks and training I did and I do, the more I realize how much I want to impact more leaders with what I've learned. But see, my impact live is limited to just the people who are there at that very moment. So with Impact Talk Radio, I can impact more leaders and more lives because the leaders can download these po podcasts. They can download these shows right off of toginet.com and go find Impact Talk Radio, and you can listen to these shows anywhere at any time. See, this show and every show on Impact Talk Radio, you're going to hear a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions, and a dose of hope. I designed Impact Talk Radio so it's not just about theoretical solutions. See, Impact Talk Radio is about doable solutions. I'm not even sure if doable is a word, but that's the type of solution that I always wanted when I was sitting in your chair trying to lead. See, I love talking about leadership, and this is why I'm focused on the whole leadership training leaders. A lot of people ask me, and they say, Dave, why aren't you doing sales training? Why aren't you involved in helping people grow better salespeople? And I said, I could do that. I mean, I did that for years, but – Helping somebody become a better salesperson is kind of like helping somebody become a better accountant, a better engineer. See, when you work on those skills, those skills stay at work when somebody heads home. But if I help somebody become a better leader and I do it in the work environment, that skill goes home with them. Those skills of leadership goes home. And so that better leader at work is a better leader at home. They're a better father. They're a better mother, a better husband, better wife better in the community, better in their ministries. See, that's the type of impact I want to have on the world before I meet my maker. And, you know, I truly believe if I'm not having impact, why the heck am I here? I'm Dave Anderson, and I'm your guide uh, today as we discuss the leader's role in developing and communicating and reinforcing a team's culture. My background is I'm the son of an Army general. My 
my father went to West Point, and I went to West Point. I served in the first Gulf War, and after that, I got out of the military, and I spent 20 years in a corp, uh, in large corporation, a Fortune 50 company, and worked my way up into leadership there. And I spent 15 of those 20 years in leadership leading different teams. And see, during that time, I got a lot of accolades, and I got a lot of pats on the back, and a lot of attaboys and things, and good stuff that would go, anybody would love to put on their resume. But I learned more during the hard times than I did during the good times. You know, you got that resume that you know, those things your mom would brag about at a cocktail party. And then you have those things that, well, probably your mom doesn't know about them. My mom doesn't know about all the things I screwed up in my, in my corporate career. So I call those my unresume. And this is where we're going to begin today, talking a little bit about my unresume because this ties right back into – culture and developing a team culture. See, my second year in leadership, my team was number 72 out of 72 in the entire country. Everybody was ranked against the other person, and we were number 72 out of 72. And I never worked harder in that year than I, than I did that year. I never worked harder. Here's the point. See, I Actually, I started out number 71 out of 72. We didn't start at that number, but we quickly fell the very next month to 72 out of 72. See, I look back and I say, what, did, what went wrong? Well, I just let the culture happen on my team. As a matter of fact, I remember that year I was driving down the road in upstate New York on the New York State Thruway, and I was listening to, yes, this was a while ago, a book on tape, yes, a cassette tape, and I remember the author saying, hey, if you want to change the team, change the leader. And all I could think of was, oh, crap, they're going to fire me. You know, but then I thought, I said, or the leader can change. The leader can change. I needed to change. I needed to do something different. I needed to focus more on the culture of my team. I had focused on all these capabilities and skills and training people, but I hadn't focused on the culture. See, I was hiring someone and letting HR do the orientation. I might have a brief meeting with them, maybe even assign a mentor, but then I treated them like a cruise missile. You know, I would shoot and forget. I didn't spend time with them and, and, and work on the culture with the individuals and with the whole team. I did a lot of things wrong starting that team, and the biggest one was not focusing on the culture. See, a culture is going to happen with every team. It's just going to happen. Whether the leader does anything or not, there will be a culture. Now, the question is, what's the leader going to do about it? A study that was done by the Aberdeen Group, they asked employees, and 84% of employees, 84% of employees said they do not believe in their, com their company's culture is upheld by the leadership. Now, Deloitte did another study, and they, had, and they talked to executives, and they found out 94% of executives believe that a strong culture is hugely important for business. 94% think it's hugely important. But then those same executives said – actually, 81% of those executives admitted that they did nothing to establish or maintain the culture that they say is so important. I mean, that's shocking to you. 84% of the employees say the company, the company doesn't uphold the culture. I mean, the leaders doesn't uphold the culture of what the company claims it to be. And then the 81% of the leaders say, yeah, they're right. We don't. See, a ship left adrift rarely ends up in port. It almost always ends up on the reef. 
Now, I told you I was a West Point graduate, and I hate using a naval analogy, but you know, I'll go, I'm going to go there today because it works. Somebody's got to be at the helm of that ship. When the storm comes, do you know how your team is going to behave? Do they know how they, you want them to behave? Are you sure that they know that? When the storm comes, somebody's got to be at the wheel. Somebody's got to be steering that ship or else you're going to end up on the reef. That's why we're here today. That's why we're going to be talking about the leader's role in developing culture. I didn't pay attention to it in the past. I really just let it happen. You know, The interesting thing was that team, when I realized that I had ignored the culture, I got busy. I had to change. And I started to do a lot of things and change a lot of things. Now, I wasn't perfect that, during that time, but I saw the direction of my team begin to change, and, and the ship started to turn. I focused on the important things instead of letting the urgent take over. And I know sometimes you, I've been there. The urgent gets in the way of the truly important. That's the reality of what we're dealing with here. I call this our dose of reality. This is the reality. We have urgent things that are always in the way of the important so what we're going to try to do here today is we bring on Rob Nielsen. We're going to give you some advice during the next segment. And we're going to spend the time talking with Rob and asking for his advice on what we do as leaders, as entrepreneurs, as small business owners, as frontline leaders, sales managers, as middle managers. What do we do? And Rob's going to help us out with giving us some advice. And then in the segment after that, we're going to come back some, with some real solutions for each and every one of you out there listening right now. See, I believe leadership is a blend of competence and character. Competence and character. I want you to think about leadership failures. Maybe you're aware of in the news, people you know, maybe from history. And think about it. Have those ever been a failure in competence? No. The answer is no. Almost every failure I bet that came to your mind, every failure that has come to every audience's mind since I've been speaking to people and leaders everywhere is the fact that all the failures came back to character. Those leaders failed because of some character issue. And see, how do we develop our character? Our character starts with our thoughts. What do I fill my head with? What do I read? What books do I read? Or maybe... I listen to Impact Talk Radio, and I fill my head with those ideas. Or maybe AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. I read a, a blog there. <laughs> but my point is, it's what do we fill our heads with? And then our thoughts become our words. Our thoughts lead us to our words. What, do, what I think about tends to come out of my mouth. And my words lead to my actions. The more I talk about something, the more likely I am to act in that way. And my actions repeated over time for my habits. The good habits and the bad habits, and my habits for my character. This is how West Point shapes the character of young leaders. This is how I believe leaders can shape the organizational character of the team he or she leads. Now, notice I said I didn't say culture in this point. At this point, I said organizational character because I believe the word culture is used too often to just, uh, describe casual Fridays and what perks an organization has. Organizational character is the demonstrated values of the organization, how we the people in the organization behave with customers and each other. That is the leader's job, how the, the demonstrated values of 
an organization is a leader's job, and that's what we're going to be talking about with Rob Nielsen of All-American Leadership right after this break. So if you're looking for more resources, you can find me at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com, or you can go to the OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com to download some more resources that will help you lead your team to a better culture. We'll be right back. This is Impact Talk Radio, a dose of reality, a dose of vice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Are you happy with your life? Satisfied with the direction you're taking? More importantly, are you content with the results you're seeing? Then Success Profiles Radio is the program for you. Join host Brian K. Wright as he talks to experts in many areas relating to life success, including expertise in leadership, business, relationships, careers, networking, health, overcoming adversity, and much more. Each week, we'll explore different aspects of success and how to apply them to your life. For more on Brian and the show, check out his website, briankwright.com. Each week is a dose of inspiration. So many people live their lives wanting more than they currently have. Success Profiles Radio is a show that will clearly demonstrate the principle, if I can do it, you can do it. So don't miss this opportunity to take control of your life and your results. Success Profiles Radio with Brian K. Wright, Mondays at 5 p.m. Central. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, we're back, and I'm here with our special guest, Rob Nielsen. Rob is CEO and founder of All-American Leadership, and uh, I've known Rob for a little over a year now. He's a graduate of West Point, the United States Military Academy. I thought I should have a guest on from my alma mater, especially uh, since I think I could possibly have guests on from the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy, but there's no way they're coming on first. I've got to have one of my guys here. Uh, Rob was a boxing champion at West Point and also an All-American water polo player, and when he graduated, he was a scout pilot in the Army. You know, Rob has been leading soldiers in the field and developing startups and helping advance hundreds of million, hundred million dollar companies wherever he's gone. And, you know, his philosophy is based on the belief that the most powerful and lasting solutions are achieved through the trust, collaboration, and emotional commitment of each stakeholder. His company, All American Leadership, talks about accelerating business through purpose and leadership and culture. And I just want to welcome you, Rob, and thank you for being here. Thank you, Dave. It's a real pleasure. Hey, I was going to ask you, see, today's topic is about the leader's role in 
in developing culture. And I was going to ask you this before we get right into that. You know, are there any characteristics that you consistently see in high-performing teams? Yeah, it's funny that you, you ask that. Yes, there absolutely are. And that what's ironic is as we've explored this and, and looked at this in detail, um, it doesn't really matter what industry, whether it's for-profit, non-for-profit, there, there seem to be five things that, uh, that we've identified that high-performing elite-level teams, whether you're talking about the Navy SEALs, the Delta Force, or you're just talking about companies that have just hit it out of the park year after year, the first and foremost thing is they all are committed to a higher purpose. Everybody mm. looks at that higher purpose some, that gives meaning beyond my, my own self-interest. Uh, the second thing is that as a team, they are driven to succeed. And, and, and the team is, is really the important piece, that they're going to do it together. There's not one guy that's going to just run and get to the top of the hill before everybody else. They're all committed together to getting there. Um, the third piece is that they expect that they're going to challenge each other. They're going to be challenged. All, all the way up to the point of failure and recognizing that sometimes they're actually going to fail and that that's part of the growth and the, uh, the, the achievement cycle. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth piece is that they take time to go back and re- uh, rest and reflect and renew and contemplate what they just did so that they can then go back, regroup, and then raise the bar one more time and then the, all of that falls into number five, which is there are defined rules, guidelines, and boundaries outside of which they're just not going to go. Mm. But, but what we've seen is that those things all come together for, for the, the, the most elite performing teams. I love the fact that you referenced the Navy SEALs because obviously they've been in the news so so much over the last, well, really decade now. Uh, they used to operate very quietly, and now we see a lot of them, whether it be in the movies or on, on the news and things. And, you know, they really are the elite of the elite. And I remember a quote I heard about a, a, a particular Navy SEAL said his definition of teamwork was selfless acts towards a common goal. Selfless acts yes. towards a common goal. That sounds almost exactly like where those five points fall into. Well, I, I have to concede that uh, that some of that comes from lengthy, lengthy discussions with many, many former SEALs uh, from, from different levels of the organizations, from team members to commanders. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm certainly influenced by them, and, and that is definitely something that they talk about. Well, Rob, I always like to lay out what good looks like before we talk about what are some of the problems because, you know, I know you've you've been called into companies, as I've been called into companies, where they have a culture that exhibits a lot of politics, bad attitudes, and distrust. And what do you see the causes of those issues being? Yeah, I I think that there's actually, uh, speaking of Navy SEALs, um, one of our colleagues, uh, Bob Schultz, uh, former Navy SEAL commander, he he's uh, putting a program together right now, and he's using the opening sentence from Leo Tolstoy's Anna Karenina, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically says, happy families are all alike, but unhappy families are all unhappy in their own unique way. 
Uh, and I think you can say the same thing about organizations. Great wow. organizations all have those same characteristics. Dysfunctional organizations are all dysfunctional in their own unique way. But I think that some of the things that contribute to that are just the information overload that we're, that we're besieged with as a society and that accelerates moment by moment. Um, you know, there was a statement by uh, Eric Schmidt back in 2005 uh, when he was the CEO of Google, and he said that from the dawn of time through 2003, there were five exabytes of information that were created, and an exabytes, a, a billion gigabytes. Uh-huh. And as of 2005, he said, we're now creating that much new information every two days. And as I've updated that, uh, in 2010, it was every day we were creating that much new information. By 2013, we were creating that much information every two hours. Um, so that distracts people. It makes people have way too many things on their plate. They can't really focus sometimes on doing the right thing as much as they would like to. And yeah. they've kind of lost the purpose. They've lost their uh, their guiding principles. So I think that has something to do with it. And I think that the thing that compounds that is that that in turn influences the trust that exists between team members. It, it influences the trust that exists between bosses and subordinates. And you just end up getting into this big negative downward spiral. That's That's kind of my observation. Yeah, I would, in the opening, I talked about an analogy, unfortunately it was a naval analogy, uh, about the captain of the ship needing to grab hold of the wheel and steer the ship because when the storm comes, you're not going to end up in port unless somebody is steering the ship because otherwise you're going to end up on the reef. I mean, it, it, the storm obviously can be those outside influences and things, but the, the steering of the ship and actually grabbing hold and, and, and controlling that culture, developing that culture, and reinforcing that culture in the midst of all that stuff, all that information that you just discussed. I know there's overwhelmed managers listening right now going, yeah, that's my life. I've got way too many emails. I've got way too many meetings. I've got all these things. I want to do the important stuff, but I'm always trapped in the urgent. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. In the midst of all that, you know, what, what, is the, what can the leader do? What should the leader be doing at that moment when they, when they realize they're in that overwhelmed mode and they see, you know what, I still got to take care of this important stuff, which is leading and develop and working on that culture? I, I think that you, you'd hit the nail on the hood or right on the head. That is the critical piece that the leader has got to be able to provide. In that, in that storm of information, in that storm of conflicting priorities, they have to be the one that first and foremost makes everybody on that team realize that he has their best interest, that he is going to be the one that carries the flame for that higher principle and that purpose that they all are going to be rallied around, and then he in turn is going to establish that trust so that they are always going to be looking to him and when he gives them challenges, when he gives them priorities, they're going to have an understanding of the, the greater context. They're going to understand their unique role in achieving that greater context and that it's okay that you're going to challenge me and work me hard because mm-hmm. I know what we're trying to accomplish together as a team. Well, you know, Rob, what, what about for those people who are leading teams 
but geographically those teams are spread out because some people are, I'm, I'm sure, are thinking, well, I can meet with my team weekly and do some of these things, but there's other people out there that they may have teams in different corners of the, of the country, and they're supposed to be leading these teams and have just as much influence over the culture of their team, but their teams are spread out. I know you've run into some companies that are, and worked with companies that have that situation. What, what, what's your experience there, and what, how do you advise people in that situation? I think that the, 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 the principles are the same. Because of the geographic diversity, the, uh, the, the underlying reasons for, for creating that level of trust, having that clear purpose um, just become exacerbated because if you've got that clear purpose, even if I'm not talking to you, even in the face of all of the, that information overload and the conflicting things that are going on, the challenges that are going on, Everybody knows what the ultimate purpose is, and it, you know some to, to draw a military analogy. You know, you, you used to be that you had the command and control approach to leadership, where some senior leader had to have their finger on the pulse of everything going on, and it's just not it's just not re- realistic anymore. And so, you know, the, the army's gone to mission control, where mm-hmm. you know we make sure that the, the leaders understand the higher purpose. They understand what the immediate objective is, what the resources are, but then the commander really needs to trust that those young commanders are going to take that information, they're going to take the character and the purpose and everything else that they've been imbued with up to that point, and that they're going to exercise their best judgment. Not always going to be perfect, but even on a distributed geographic basis, if they have that core purpose and they know what the core values are, what we stand for, what we believe in, then they have to trust that they'll be able to execute on a distributed basis. I think that's an important point, and I know there's a lot of people out there who are in that situation. And we, I think we're going to have people here listening who, who are leading teams just like that, but then we're also going to have those entrepreneurs who are just starting out. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some real solutions, some impact solutions that you as leaders can – that Rob can advise us on and Rob can give us those solutions and you as leaders can implement wherever you are and whatever type of team you're leading. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at andersonleadershipsolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success, more stability, more happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. 
For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Jirasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Jirasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, we're back here, and if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, a frontline leader, middle manager, or sales manager, you're in the right place if you're looking for solutions. We do talk about theory, but we're about ready to get into the solutions portion of our show today, and I'm here with Rob Nielsen, the CEO and founder of All American Leadership, and we've been talking about character and, and culture and the role of the leader in developing the culture of his team. Rob has lots of experience coming from the military, coming from West Point and leading teams and also starting his own companies and things. And as an entrepreneur, Rob, uh, what are some of the things that you have done with your companies that you have started to help establish that culture right away? Whether it's, whether it's companies I've started or, or working with others that have just started companies, I think that the place that you always have to start is what is it we stand for and what is the value that we bring to the world? And why do we exist? Why should anybody care that we exist? And really dig into that. Um, I think Simon Sinek and his start with why, I think millions of people have seen that video, it, it really gets to the crux of it. People don't care what we do. They want to they buy into why we do it. Uh, so yeah. I always try to start there, figure out what the core values are, what's really important to us, and what's really important to you. There's not a right or wrong answer. It's just what's really, truly important to you and your team so that you use those as your rallying point, that lens, that filter through which you make decisions, you bring on new people, etc. Man, Rob, I knew I liked you. You sound like you're preaching to the choir here about that, about those principles. I'm, I'm all over that. As a matter of fact, our next, our next show is going to be focused on how does a leader go about casting a vision for the organization, and that you hitting that just, just teed, teed that up for me to talk about the next show. But I know that. As part of all American leadership, you you have a process. You you have you know a way of going about doing things that you call CETA, C E T A. Can you tell me about that and tell our listeners about that? Sure. So CETA, when we when we first started thinking about how can we help individuals, how can we help organizations develop their leadership team, develop their cultures, we wanted to come up with something that was simple something that was that was linear so that you could go kind of from step to step and something that would be all encompassing. So when when I when I put that on paper, it really came down to character, empathy, trust, and accountability. And it starts with the character, who am I? I've got to understand who I am as a leader. What do I stand for? What do I believe in and what am I committed to bringing to the table every single day. 
whether it's the humility, whether it's the courage, whether it's the integrity, the trustworthiness, all of those things, there are many, many wonderful uh, character attributes. When you look at all the character attributes, though, if you're looking at it from a leadership perspective where you're trying to establish an emotional connection with another human being such that they want to give their all to help you achieve your mission, empathy, I would argue, is the greatest amongst equals. That, that empathy that I genuinely care about how you feel and I care about your well-being because if I can truly demonstrate that, as human beings, we can't help but be drawn to that. And if I feel that somebody genuinely does care about my well-being, I can't help but trust that person and become committed to them and to the cause. Mm-hmm. So that brings us to the trust component. And once we have that trust, I call it the spot, because until we get there, people don't trust us. They're not going to give their best effort. They're not going to follow us with the same passion that we need them to. But once we get to that spot, we can go into the accountability piece. And from our perspective, accountability, not the way we typically think of it, who gets blamed when something goes wrong. I think a -a whack-a-mole at Chuck E. Cheese wrecks people over (laughs) the head when they make mistakes, but rather ownership being the highest demonstration of accountability. I own that. You, you, you get into an organization where people are just constantly saying, we need to get this done, and somebody raises their hand and says, I own that. That's the ultimate demonstration of a completed CETA process. I always try to get people to envision a, a team like that. I mean, that is, when you have a team like that, when you're leading a team like that, you know, that makes a difference for the leader's life. It makes a difference for the lead as well, but for the leader, it makes such a difference. You know, in your experience, when a, when a leader gets to the point where their team is at that, at that level, what's that, what's that do for the leader's uh, time and what they tend to spend time on? How does that change? It completely changes, completely changes the game for the leader because now instead of having to constantly run around and touch things and influence things and make things uh, make sure that things are getting done, they can actually spend more of their time on strategic issues, mm. more time on the vision, anticipating where they want to take their company next year or the year after that, and they can trust that their people are going to make things, make things go the way that they're supposed to go. It frees up a tremendous amount of their time, and it just it raises their personal well-being uh, exponentially. Yeah. I, I, you know, Rob, you probably know some people who are high maintenance people and you know, those people who are low maintenance people. I think there are a high maintenance team and, and there are low maintenance teams as well. And what, when you have a low maintenance team, like you just described, then yeah, the leader can focus on the big issues and get out of the weeds of the day to day stuff. Uh, what we say here at impact talk radio is stop reacting and start leading. Well, so much of being able to get out of that reaction mode is to have that culture that you at All-American Leadership are trying to form through the character, empathy, trust, accountability, linear uh, mode of uh, teaching these things. That's that's great. Um, so what do you tell a frontline leader? Uh, you know, Maybe not somebody who's the CEO of the company, but somebody who's a frontline leader where the people above aren't that engaged in the cultural aspect of leading, but this person is still leading a team where they are. How do you help them, and what advice would you give to them? 
Well, leadership is leadership, and certainly the, 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 the traditional principles of leadership are going to apply to that team leader in inspiring and making sure that there's trust and that uh, everybody is taking care of each other within the confines of that team. But you're right, it's not at all uncommon that you've got an incredibly energized, fully engaged and supportive leader somewhere in the middle of the organization, and they report to somebody who either is is not a strong leader or, in, in some cases, maybe even a toxic leader, and there it's we're we're doing more of a leading up and right. they're and leading uh, on the on the uh on the perpendicular uh or I'm sorry on the horizontal where mm-hmm. you find allies at your level not that you're conspiring but that you're creating positive energy at your level and mm. then with your boss who may not fully get it you can still lead upwardly and and it's you, you you proactively go to them and say, "Hey, boss, how can I support you? How can I make sure that you're meeting your objectives? What way do you would you prefer me to communicate with you? You're demonstrating all of those positive attributes that your boss maybe is not, but in many cases you can't help but end up in influencing the boss in a positive way to become a more engaged more uh, more productive and positive leader. You know, I asked that question, Rob, because I was in that mode at one point in my corporate career where I was not happy with what I was seeing above me, and not my my immediate leader, but uh, up and up the food chain more, and I wasn't happy. And I, I, I'm going to be honest, a little more of my unresume that I shared earlier, I spent maybe 12 to 18 months kind of kicking the dirt, having a pity party, going, woe is me, my company's not doing what they claim to be, they aren't, they aren't leading the way they claim to lead, they don't have a culture to what they claim. And suddenly, at one point, I had that epiphany where, wait a second, I'm a leader in this company. I can control what I can control, and I have a team of people that I am responsible for. These people are my responsibility, and it's my responsibility to create an environment where they're going to thrive. Now, whatever's going on above me is one thing, but I have control of what's right there in front of me, and those are my people. And you know, I think about it, and I think about my responsibility as a leader was to them. And I needed to create that environment where they could thrive and, and feel like and be truly engaged and feel like they were making a difference. And it was just such a watershed moment for me. Even after years of being in leadership, we can kind of slide back into some bad uh, into some bad habits, can't we? Absolutely, we can. And you know, one of the things that that I always think about in those situations is if we fall into that pity party we create a downward spiral both emotionally and physically. And if we if, if we get out of it like you got out of it, what ends up happening is we energize ourselves and we start giving ourselves all of those positive hormones, the dopamine and the serotonin and the oxytocin that just that just gives us the fuel to to actually lead and to positively influence and when we're doing that I've seen it more times than not where you actually can positively influence those people above you. Yeah, I and that that's when I when the people who are out there in that situation, I tell that story about myself not because I think I'm a, I've got any sort of secret sauce about this, but 
I go back to what my dad told me. And Rob, you know my dad; he was a general and was serving at West Point while you were there. But he used to say to me when I was in high school, "Hey, bud, your attitude's a choice. Make a different choice." And as leaders, we need to make the choice to have the impact where we can have impact, and not just uh, not just let all these things happen to us and happen to our team because something above us is not what the way it should be. We need to take take a positive. Uh, take positive steps and lead our team with purpose and direction. And that's really what we're all about here. Now, Rob, tell us where we can, where people can find you and get more information about all American leaders. Well, you can contact me directly at R Nielsen. That's R N I E L S E N at all American leaders.com. R. Nielsen at allamericanleaders.com. Uh, that's that's great, Rob. Is, is Look, and I'll rebuild. share some more information about where they can contact you on your website as well uh, when we come back from this when we come back from this break. Talk Radio, more than theory, doable impact solutions. Stay with us. More from Dave Anderson when we come back. Are you fascinated by the stories behind the stories, the people behind their masks, the truth about people's failures and redemptions in both their business and personal lives? Then Off the Record Secrets of with host Judy Schreiner is for you. It's people's secrets that make them interesting, but very few folks are willing to reveal them unless they trust that their information will be treated with accuracy, fairness, and respect. People have been entrusting their secrets to longtime business journalist Judy Schreiner for the last 25 years. And now she's bringing her expertise and impressive contact list. Tune in and call in as host Judy Schreiner talks to guests off the record as they reveal new secrets each Tuesday at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. Information about book publishing is power. The power to change your authoring life and the power to change the lives of your readers. So join us for Your Guide to Book Publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 Pacific, you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now. As the book shepherd, Dr. Judith Bryles is in. And each week, she will include publishing professionals that will reveal tips and secrets to the author's journey. If there is a book in you, you want to listen, learn, and yes, call in with your questions each week. For more on Judith and what she can do for you, check out her website, thebookshepherd.com. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Thursday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. Hey, I just want to repeat Rob's website, allamericanleaders.com, and his email address is rnielsen, that's R-N-I-E-L-S-E-N, at allamericanleaders.com. Now, Rob's website is having maintenance done right now at the original airing of this show on February 4th, but a lot of you are going to be listening to this podcast later on down the road, so I want to make sure you still go back and check out 
allamericanleaders.com. And if you've turned, tuned into a later show and now you're back here listening to Impact Talk Radio, first of all, I want to say thank you. Thank you for checking in and listening. Second, please go to Rob's website and look at allamericanleaders.com to find out what they do and how they help organizations develop the culture that they're, they're looking for. See, our goal on Impact Talk Radio is to have impact. If I'm not having impact on the lives of others, then I'm wasting my time on this earth. Why did God put me here? See, my prayer, my prayer is that the discussion that Rob and I had earlier will inspire you and have impact on you, how you lead your team. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a small business owner, if you're a sales manager, a middle manager, or a frontline leader, I have one question for you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do as a result of hearing what you've heard today? Remember when I spoke about developing character? I said character development starts with our thoughts. What am I filling my head with? You just had your head filled with a lot of ideas, some, some advice and some impact solutions. You just had, you, now that's in your head. Now what do you do with that information? What do you do with that knowledge? See, what we think about leads us to our words. What are we going to take with the knowledge that we just gained, and how do we how do we take that knowledge and put it into action? Well, the first step is usually to discuss it with others, to sit down and have discussions with others. Because the more we talk about something, the more likely we are to uh, to act in that way. Our words lead us to our actions. See, when I speak about what I should be doing, what I would be doing, what I want to be doing, when I lead my team in discussions about those things, guess what? All of us are more likely to act in that way after those meetings. And our words lead us to our actions, and our actions repeated over time form our habits, our good habits and our bad habits. See, it all happens because of habits. And the great thing is we can affect our habits one decision at a time. One de we form habits one decision at a time. Each time I pick up a cigarette to smoke a cigarette, it makes it easier to smoke a, pick up a cigarette the next time, doesn't it? That's the way habits are formed. Each time I choose to go work out, it makes it easier to do it the next time. Or each time I choose to stay in bed instead of working out, it makes it easier to do it the next time. All habits are formed one decision at a time. And the more often we make a decision, the easier it is to make that same decision the next time the good decisions and the bad decisions. So Rob spoke about character. That's how character is formed, through my habits. And Rob spoke about character as the first step in his process, which he called CETA, Character, Empathy, Trust, Accountability. <laughs> I love that acronym. I wish I came up with it, you know, because it is aligned with every blog I've ever written in on AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com and every talk I've ever given to audiences large and small. See, it all starts with our character. Our character is the sum total of our habits. How we are on a habitual basis. How we are is who we are. And who we are is why people are going to follow us. Humility, integrity, courage, trust, these are all habits of character. So remember, I, I offered you a dose. I said I was going to offer a dose of hope. Here's one dose of hope that I promise. You can change your habits. We can all change our habits. And we do it one decision at a time. 
With each new decision, it makes it easier to make that same decision the next time. It's all about making a new decision. If we don't like a particular habit in our character, we can change that with the next time we are tempted. The next time we are tempted to tell a little white lie, we can change that. What am I filling my head with? What am I talking about? Is it going to lead me towards those good decisions? What decisions, big and small, am I making that are moving me towards a new and better habit? When I move towards new and better habits, that strengthens my character. That strengthens who I am. That also creates an, a leader that people want to follow. See, that goes for the same way of how a leader influences a team's character. Rob brought up Simon Sinek. One of the, one of the most downloaded TED Talks ever was his talk on what is, what's my why. And he, he pointed out that people don't care about what you do. They care about why you do it. It's your character, not your competence that they care about. It's your bigger vision for the future, not what you do daily that inspires others. See, the leader and the leader's team, first of all, needs a vision. Your vision is your why. Why are you here? Why do you exist? What Simon Sinek says, what's your why? It's your North Star. Your vision is that North Star that guides you, that's up there, that's out there, that far-reaching ideal that you're always striving for but you can't quite reach. But you use it as a guiding post to lead you to where you want to be. You look up and you can see it. You know it's always there, and it, and it puts you back on course if you ever get off course. Your team needs a vision. Your, an individual needs a vision, but you also need a mission. That's your what. What will you do? What will you be, what will you be excellent at in order to achieve that vision? What are we as a team going to be extremely good at? Does your team know what their vision is? Does your team know what their mission is, what they're going to do in order to achieve that vision? And then finally, what we're going to spend a lot of time talking about is values. That's your how. How will we behave? These are your guaranteed behaviors to your customers and to your employees. These determine what you stand for as an individual and as an organization. My question to you is, do your people know what you stand for? Do they know what's most important to your organization, to your team? Do you communicate that consistently? Do you reinforce the vision, mission, and values that you say you hold dear to your team? You know, one company I worked with, they did a great job developing. Here's just one example of their core values. This is their core value of integrity. Listen to this and imagine what it would be like to work on a team that operated this way. They say integrity. We will always tell people what we think they need to hear, not just what they want to hear. We will only ask of others the things we expect of ourselves. We will keep our promises to our customers and to each other. We will own our weaknesses and mistakes by eliminating excuses from our vocabulary. And we will choose the moral and right thing to do, even if it costs us personally or financially. Imagine what it would be like to work for a company like that, to be on a team where people thought that way. How awesome would that be? What type of place would that – would you want to work there? I would want to work there. Now it's up to the leaders. Now that they've defined what those core values are, now they've got to do something about it because it's not just what you say you believe. 
but it's what you do to reinforce those things. How do you go about hiring people? How do you go about communicating these values? How do you go about coaching people and their values and their behaviors? And are you willing to fire people due to that, due to their behaviors, the behaviors that are unaligned with the corporate values, the company values, your team values? You know, the Overwhelm Manager's Guide at overwhelmmanagersguide.com, we're developing resources in exactly that way to talk about how does a leader define values? How does a leader then communicate those values? How does a leader hire people based on values? How, do, how does a leader coach people based on values? And how does a leader fire people on values? Those are important aspects of forming and shaping the organizational character of your team. Next show, we're going to focus on vision, mission, and values and what they are and why so many, many are ineffective. And I want to say it again. Culture is the leader's job. If you are a leader, you've got to grab hold of the wheel and steer the ship. If no one's steering the ship, it's not going to end up in port. But here's another dose of hope for you. Here's one more thing I want you to think about. The culture may be like a battleship, and it won't turn on a dime. But once the leader decides to grasp the wheel and turn it towards its destination, that ship will turn. The team will follow the great news is, once it's heading in the right direction, the battleship, just like your team's culture or team character, has a lot of momentum. It's going to be hard to stop that thing. It only takes the decision of the people in the wheelhouse to begin the process, to start steering that ship and grabbing the wheel. See, the process begins with the leader by affecting your thoughts. By listening to things, by reading things, by going on, again, finding Impact Talk Radio on toginet.com. That's T-O-G-I-N-E-T.com. Or checking out a blog like AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Or downloading an online course at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. Or going to other people's stuff. I will have resources that point you to other people's materials as well. But my point is, what are you doing to affect your thoughts? Where are you going to find doable solutions that you can implement to guide your team towards a winning culture? We must always be growing as leaders. My dad, General Jim Anderson, you can read his bio on AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. He's 81 years old. He's got two books that currently that he's reading right now, one by his bed and one by his recliner where he watches Duke basketball games. And they're both on leadership. He led two – He spent two tours in Vietnam leading soldiers. He knows about leadership, and he's still trying to learn. We're never done growing. I just want you to say that. We're never done growing. If we ever think we are, then we're in trouble, because when a tree stops growing, it starts dying. We can't stop growing because too many people are counting on us, because we are the leaders. See, 75% of people spend their time... I'm sorry, 75% of a person's time is spent on work. Not at work, but on work. They think about work as they're driving there. They think about work as they're driving home. They think about work as soon as they put their kids to bed. And to think that if, I, if I'm not affecting, that I don't affect all those people's lives down the chain there, I'm naive. So come back, join us for a dose of hope, I mean, a dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions, and a dose of hope. 
to find out more about me, Dave Anderson, you can go to my blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. You can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is DaveAnderson88. Find me on LinkedIn at Dave Anderson Leadership Solutions or download resources at OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. That's OverwhelmedManagersGuide.com. I look forward to you coming back and joining us for our discussion on vision, missions, and values. Until then, I hope you go out there, make something happen, do something about what you learned today, stop reacting, and start leading. Good luck. Thank you.